Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Loud and Local continues on The Rock with Kevin Deers, 99.9 KISW. It's 99.9 KISW and Loud and Local. I am so stoked to be talking with Jeff Suffering. He is a vocalist for several projects, but the one we're talking about right now, it's been called 90 Pound Wuss. Saturday, July 29th, 90 Pound Wuss is playing their first show in 23 freaking years down at the Tracyton Movie House in Bremerton. So across the water at the Redwood Theater, uh, and they're going to be playing with the Fibs and the Middle Age Queers. Jeff, how you doing, man? Doing good. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Dude, it's my pleasure. It's it's 23 years, man. What came bubbling up to make you guys decide 2023 was the year? Uh, it, it's an interesting story. My friend who used to live here, Jonathan Ford, he plays in a band called Unwood Sailor, but used yeah. to, when he lived here, was in a band called Roadside Monument. Of course. And... Um, SRB. I know yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sperm Ridden Burden. Yeah. One of the best hardcore emo post-punk, I yeah. don't know, like... <laughs> indie rock songs yeah. a, a hybrid yep. anyway they um they uh uh Unwed Sailor was playing a show in October 2022 mm-hmm. yeah. he was really encouraging me to make music again and then he just went what about 90 pound wuss playing again and then he he got this idea and he's like I'm going to text my friends at Furnace Fest cuz he knows all the yeah. guys that put it on in yeah. Birmingham Alabama and he said I'm going to bug him and tell him to ask you about 90 pound wuss what what would you say and I'm like I don't know. I can ask some of the people and put together a band yeah. and see what happens. And um, so it turns out through that and some other coincidences, uh, there was a funeral of a friend of ours in Port Angeles where we started and where we grew up. And two of the band members from the original lineup were at this funeral, ran into them, said, hey, Jonathan mentioned this thing. I don't know if it'll happen. Would you guys be interested? They both said, yeah, let's talk about it if it happens. A week later, I get a call from a guy named Johnny Grimes who is on the team for putting on Furnace Fest. Yeah. And we started talking and it worked out. And uh, we were just like, okay, we get this trip. We get to play these these shows. We haven't done it. None of us had played music for a while. And yeah. I felt like this would be interesting. And, you know, the, the second guitarist that we had in the band, so our f- original guitarist quit one and a half records in and okay. we weren't finished writing it so we got this guy john spaulding mm-hmm. who uh, ended up being one R. of R. my P. best friends ever and yeah he died in 2008 of cancer and he uh um so um i've always had that like john was is kind of irreplaceable very yeah. unique different kind of guitar player so 
This time around, 90 Pound Wuss, we have the original guitar player and we have a second guitar player, and we're able to do a lot of the stuff that John was doing. Okay. And we actually like sound a little bit tighter than we did as a live band. Imagine that. Um, not necessarily wow. the records, only sure. because we weren't very tight to begin with. Yeah. We were kind of like a spectacle band. Like yeah. Craziness. You'd never know when it was going to fall apart yeah. or like stick. And so um, uh, it's it's... In, in paying homage to Spalding, we're trying to be more true to the 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 way he wrote the songs on the records. That's so, awesome. um, but yeah, it's basically Furnace Fest got us back together, and in preparation for it, we decided to play a few shows locally, and the Bremerton show at Tracy Ten Theater on July 29th is the first is one. the first one, and our first. One. I'm really nervous, and it's special. We're playing we're playing the longest we've ever played. We're playing an hour set, and um, we. We're showing like we have a video behind us that's like a bunch of images, some of actually Spalding, like that are animated. And we're doing, you know, everybody who comes gets a poster. There's a lot of stuff happening. Um, nervous and excited a, a lot. <laughs> and is it fitting that it's in Bremerton? I think that's kind of special, right? It is special. Many reasons because Bremerton's on the Olympic Peninsula. Yep. We grew up in Port Angeles, mm-hmm. and we became really tight with the guys in MXPX. Of course. And we toured a number of times with them, and we used to always play between Port Angeles, Port Townsend, Squim, and um, you know Bremerton and Silverdale area. We used to Port Orchard even. We used to always play with MXPX a lot, um, and you know we we were on the same label, did tours together, and so. It's great that we're playing in Bremerton. It's the perfect place, in my opinion, between what our band later became, where mm-hmm. we were a pretty integral part in probably 97 to 99 in Seattle. Yeah. Um, and, you know, we used to play with Blood Brothers and Botch and all, yeah. all those bands were all friends and we used to hang out and uh, Murder City Devils. Uh, yeah. So we were kind of in the same scenes, but, you know, we were always the band that was on Tooth and Nail and so not... Um, you weren't on the cool label. You were on the yeah, Christian punk label. Yeah, but, but <laughs> we were, you know, eventually that's what led us to sort of breaking up was that yeah. we didn't like the fact that our faith, we felt like our faith was being used as a marketing sure. ploy to sell records. And I don't think that's necessarily tooth and nail's fault as much as it was our perception sure. of everything at the time. And um, we just didn't want that anymore. And John thought Spalding. Uh, thought that we could sign to another label. And I was like, nobody's going to really sign us because we're too associated with Tooth and Nail. And so at that time, it was kind of like, we were kind of like, we were great with all of our friends that were in the local Seattle scene that we played with Mm -hmm. and we had earned credibility with and our friends with and hung out with at parties and everything else. But when it came to like touring, it was a little awkward and strange at that time because there wasn't, you know, there. this was before Under Oath sort of like, broke the paradigm where it didn't really matter oh, yeah. if you were um, I mean they were on warp tour they were you know all over the place and then bands like Haste the Day and you know um you know tons of Christian metalcore bands and metal bands Demon Hunter you know all these bands that are Christian or Christians in a band or whatever you want to say but they didn't get that you know Oh, they're a Christian band. We can't book them, you know. So Yeah, exactly. They broke it, you know. They broke that whole boundary. They totally did. They made it um, not a thing anymore. And what's interesting is like being involved in like a, you know, some some religious stuff in, in a church for a while. Um, 
you could see that change. Like now what's known as Christian music is just like the church songs made yep. for worship, which yep. is great. In my opinion, that's what we wanted in the first place. We had this like background of growing up with the faith. Um, we all think differently now. Um, yeah. Some of us are still Christians. Others aren't in this band. But um, we uh, definitely uh, grew up with that. And so it was sort of like whatever you want to say, indoctrinated or just like whatever we believed at yeah. the time. And so, but we wanted to just play rock and roll music and yep. express ourselves. Our first record was a little bit more like on the tip of singing about Jesus and church kind of sure. stuff and Bible stuff because we literally were having a Bible study and then practicing. Like sure. that's sort of how we even became to be yeah. 90 Pound Wuss. We were doing other things musically, mm-hmm. all of us. And then we sort of started doing that. And, um, after that was where we we were like a more of a real band, and so we had these songs that we ended up recording. Looking back, if we would have had a plan, we might have done things differently, but it, it it didn't matter. So a lot of the content on that record, you know, I've changed some of it with some sure. of the songs that we're singing, as I don't feel comfortable with all of it. Yeah. Um. Now, but I also. I like that it documented the recordings, at least documented a point in time where where I was at and showed sort of uh, a belief system and some other things that I really, you know, it, it really formed who I was and yeah. who I've become to be through those experiences and beliefs. And so um, now things are different. And so some of the lyrics are a little bit different. And I feel okay with that because... I had to wrestle with it. You know, sure. so there's there's two philosophies about that. Like it's my song, change it, do whatever I want. Then it's also like it stamps a point in time. For me, it's the recording ended up being the thing that stamps a point in time. And I feel very comfortable now with like changing those songs and making them what I want them to be today. Yeah. So and they're not drastic changes. They're pretty subtly. Like I'm still okay with the concept of God incarnate and, you know showing the world that loves and cares about us or whatever, not yeah. necessarily all the political and yeah. other connotations that have come around in the last number of years sure. is really staunch. I disagree with most of those. Yeah. But um, the the basic concept of a God becoming human is kind of cool and interesting. It's a, it's, you know, a, a beautiful fairy tale. Whether it's real or not, sure. it's still a beautiful story yeah. in a lot of ways. Uh, over the three albums, you guys really evolved. Like that last record is like post hard. Like you guys started as just like a in your face kind of skate punk, thrash like hardcore band. Yep. The last album, you know, there's it's like some electronic elements, some 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 post hardcore. Like you guys really evolved. And and do you think if you would have kept going, what do you think the next album would have been like? Would it just have been like Joy Division? Uh, maybe. I mean, they're they're so. We did that definitely before, like, uh, there was a Yeah, Yeah, Yeahs or an Interpol. Sure. And um, we were moving in that kind of direction. So I think we probably would have ended up sort of fitting in that thing yeah. that happened at that time that was a resurgence of sort of post-punk vibes. And, totally. Um, so there's a, there's a uh, for this Furnace Fest, there's a Furnace Fest uh, exclusive vinyl release coming out sure for 90 Pound no, it's not a reissue. Okay. It's like more of a best of. It's called Ooh. NPW equals PNW. Nice. And so it shows like there's a lot of art. There's essays. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's a gatefold single LP. That's cool. Um, our songs were so short. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and so, but the first side shows that there was this element of like pop hooky sensibility mm-hmm. on all three 90 Pound Wuss records. Yeah. And then the second side shows that there was this line of 
um, post-punk influenced experimental hardcore yeah. through all of the records as well. So there's songs from each of them on both sides and the way that we mastered it and put it together. I think you can really see as a, it's the one release that I wish, you know, it's vinyl exclusive. Um, I don't know if it'll ever come out in that format on streaming services, which is too bad. Cause it's a, it's a good introduction to us. There's, um, I'm really excited for when I actually get to... I gotta to, get my hand on that one of those, man. Yeah, That's there, awesome. There's it's limited. There's only five hundred copies. Right. So um yeah, keep posted. We're gonna have a website and Tooth and Nail's gonna sell half of them. That's We're cool. gonna, there's two variants. Yeah. One tooth and nail will sell, one we will sell. So um it's kind of expensive because it's the gatefold. Of course. And, um it's a special like those who like ninety pound wuss will probably want it and buy it. And, oh, you'll sell them all. I know. Yeah, it. We'll see. I've always heard this rumor. That you got kicked off of a show or something for cutting your wrists or something? Is that true? Oh, that that's a, a hybrid of two different stories. Okay. <laughs> I heard that there was like some like you you know, some like bad vibes with tooth and nail or something, like you got in trouble or like you guys were infamous for like doing crazy stuff live. So I don't that, know. That stretches it to about three or four okay. different stories. Okay, okay. <laughs> um the, the the most dangerous one was was so this scar on my left arm, I see right below my elbow, yeah. I can go like this, and if I wiggle it, I can feel the nerves Jeez. down here, um, was we were in Bellingham at the college, okay, um, and it was a show with us and Roadside Monument, uh-huh. and uh, I think Roadside was actually playing after us, and, and so we wrecked the whole thing. But um, <laughs> we, we used to do this thing. We had this found, like, reel-to-reel, like, uh, small, probably half inch or something tape machine mm-hmm. that was broken, and so we'd find these reels, and the thing was warped, so it, it would play like slow and fast, so it just okay. like weird, like people yeah. talking. We'd usually find sermons or like all sorts of weird stuff. I found this thing of all these like Buddhist chanting, okay, and so it was doing this weird thing, and we, I had created this idea. Barely. Let me see if I can remember. Anyways, it was this performance art idea, and it involved me definitely like cutting myself. Yeah. And so I had, you know, messed around and cut myself before, and it wasn't ever a problem. But there was too much adrenaline in this live performance, and I opened up my 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 arm, and it opened up like a mouth and popped and started squirting blood all over the place. And so I'm holding my arm above my head, holding it like like a tourniquet and like everything just kind of dwindles down there's blood that squirted all over people <laughs> who are in front of us we're playing on the floor so there's blood everywhere and um i basically uh the emergency the 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 emergency technicians come in they take me to the hospital i was like yeah. millimeters away from cutting my artery and dying and bleeding out right there in front of everybody and um <laughs> All the, like it was horrific. So my um, partner, who who I've been with since like high school, was yeah. there. She was horrified. Um, you know, everybody was. God horrified. damn it, Jeff! Yeah, it was like one of those <laughs> idiot things you do. I've done lots of idiot things in my life. That one was pretty dumb. So that's the the blood cutting myself, ending a show. It was declared a health hazard zone. Everybody had to go home, and they had to like clean it up profusely. I mean, there was like carpet. So I, you know, whatever they had to do it's for so metal. Yeah, it was pretty metal, pretty <laughs> punk too, like 
pretty crust, like whatever. <laughs> but yeah, all of the extreme rock genres. Yeah. That that kind of uh, pulling a Gigi Allen up in Bellingham. That's dude. kind of our live persona. You know, I was never naked on stage and didn't throw my own shit. But <laughs> sorry, I it's didn't all good, throw dude. my own crap uh, like Gigi Allen. But uh, definitely uh, did do the whole bleed out on people thing which yeah. is not cool either <laughs> so uh, that happened some of the other stories are in texas so being on tooth and nail there would be these weird shows that you'd play yeah. when you'd go on tour that would be like at a youth group or mm-hmm. some like christian thing like yeah. and they were really strange because they always had this expectation for us to like preach and we're like we're just a rock band man yeah. like we're not we we if you hired us can to I come have a out cigarette? Here, <laughs> yeah yeah we're like we're like your entertainment yeah. we're not your preachers so um, we'd show up, and we were expected to, like, uh, preach on, on this particular show. Sure. And we literally got ran out of town. Um, they thought that we were demonic because of the way that we performed. We were, like, they tried to, like, pray demons out oh of us. God. It was nutballs. Like, so here's what's interesting is there's a lot of, like, metal bands and other things that get called this stuff. We actually physically got assaulted by Christians trying to pray wow. demons out of us. Okay. And the, and the stuff that you'd think that they would do to some of yeah. these more, like, overtly, like, antichrist, mm-hmm. like, anti-Christian type of bands. We were that band, and we were actually, like, at the time, like, we were all, like, somewhat oriented around faith, some more than others. Yeah. Um, So pretty interesting. But we were literally like, they didn't pay for our hotel room. They 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 made us go. They didn't want us staying in the town. It was crazy. So that that was, stuff like that happened fairly regularly. Like we'd show up and there'd be weird stuff that just went down that made zero sense because we didn't fit into like the Christian music um, genre. And because we were affiliated with Tooth and Nail, most of the punks and and indie rock and hardcore people at the time, they actually had to get to know us to understand yeah. that that we were we were all right. Otherwise, they were like, I don't know about this band on Tooth and Nail. Yeah. You know, we played with Avail. Uh-huh. Um, they were a pretty popular band. back in the, band, in the band. Yeah. We opened up for them, and they, uh, you know, long a lot of. Uh, conversation them asking us a lot of questions mm-hmm. and then i th- think by the end like they were okay with us but it was a and i think you know they had a rough time like we're playing with this christian band on tooth yeah. and nail what's the deal and so in conversation i think it, it it was okay but um that was kind of the vibe back then before under oath sort of changed that vibe like i was saying earlier so i remember yeah. hearing a story about the band strong arm went on tour with shai halud and shai halud wasn't a christian band but strong arm was and there was some there was some and shai halud was the headliner and they were kind of like the the people that brought everyone out and there was some you know venue that said we're not going to let strong arm play and Shai Hulud was like, screw that. We're gonna we're not gonna play if they can't play, you know, like they 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 said and they and they let strong arm play and stuff. But it was it's it's interesting looking back at that. There was like this, you know, kind of divide. But um Tooth and Nail, what Tooth and Nail in the nineties was was my shit, man. I remember I never got to go to the Tooth and Nail store, but I always wanted to go to those clearance sales with the Tooth and Nail. Where was Tooth and Nail located? Like, oh, it was right down the street. Oh, really? Yeah, like Pioneer Square. Oh, you know okay. where Tats is? Yeah. Like um, right around the corner from Tats. Okay, In nice. that same building. Yeah. You go through those doors. It was on the fifth floor. Okay. And then they actually had a store right around the corner. And yeah. ironically, right across the street from that, on the corner was Base Northwest, and then where the 
Trinity Nightclub is, I think uh-huh. it's called. Yep. That used to be the Velvet Elvis Arts okay. Theater, which yeah. was the place where, uh, I mean, that's where we all played yeah. back in the day. That was the post-grunge if you place watch, to hang out. If you watch... Uh, the Edge of Coral, the great film. Then you'll yep. see Murder City Devils performing in Velvet Elvis. Yep. That's historical our, documentation our, right there. Our video for Something Must Break, that was filmed at the Velvet awesome. Elvis. Um, uh, Botch used to play there all the yep. time. Blood Brothers, like we used to play there. Um, we would see also, like, it was great. You know, who uh, Sunny Day Real Estate rehearsed yeah. there wow. sometimes when they were doing their, um, like, post-Hummus first comeback release, whatever that is, uh, what is that? That how it feels to be something on mm-hmm. when they were writing that record, they were rehearsing there at least a bit. Yeah. Um. So you know, uh, Death Cab. I saw their first. I'm pretty sure it was their first Seattle show was at the Velvet Elvis, and wow. I w- I was I remember being there. Um, Pay to the Lion used to play there all the time. Um, That's awesome. Rhodes, there was this band, uh, Eddie Vedder's first wife or maybe his second wife, but. I don't know how many times he's been married, but one an ex-wife, I know that now, was in this really amazing band that used to play there often. They were called Hovercraft. Okay. And they, they were instrumental, but yeah. they just showed this video behind them. Really? It was so good. And there was this, oh, there was this band from Seattle that nobody remembers. I think they opened up, like, for the Foo Fighters on one of their first tours, um, and this band disappeared. They had one record on Sub Pop, and everything before that was an independent release. The drummer is Joe Plummer, who's played with... Modest Mouse. He's mm-hmm. played with a bunch of other bands, but they were called Bare Minimum. And okay. I swear, in that era, that late '90s era, they were the best thing in Seattle. Wow. They were so good. Bare Minimum. They, yeah, there was like the, some of the best bands at that time were definitely like Bare Minimum, Unwound. Um, yeah, Blood Brothers. Loved the Blood Brothers. Absolutely. Botch is always like hands down. Botch is the best. Um, complicated mathematical hardcore band that has ever existed in yeah. my opinion they're just so good i'm calling it man blood, everyone's reuniting blood brothers give it a year we're gonna see it we're gonna see another blood brothers you think maybe i we'll hope see. so maybe That'll we'll be see fun we'll see so we're gonna play another band that you started after 90 pound wuss here at suffering and his thieves i have jeff suffering of that band, his band 90 Pound was old school band is going to be playing Saturday, July 29th at the Tracy Tin Movie House at Redmond Redwood Theater at the Tracy Tin Movie House in Bremerton with the Fibs and Middle Age Queers. But here's his other band, Suffering and the Hideous Thieves. Ashamed? What was it? Ashamed. Ashamed. Yes. It's uh, Loud Local here on KISW. Staring back at 
at you and laughing out loud at all your failures. Feel my hatred grow for the lust within, burning deep inside. I've locked away My blood runs cold And starts to claw Over this hole That was a scab That I keep picking off Do you wanna see My blue blood run red, honey? And do you wanna see A heart made of stone Well, turn around and take a from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game you have 47 new voicemails download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last minimum ten dollars per order additional terms apply this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. 
You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. It's Loud and Local here on 99.9 KISW, The Rock of Seattle. We have Jeff Suffering, who is a vocalist of a band called 90 Pound Wuss, doing their first show in 23 years at the Redwood Theater at the Tracyton Movie House in Bremerton. And uh, that's going to be with the Fibs, Middle Age Queers. You can get your tickets and show up Saturday, July 29th. Again, first show in 23 years uh dude so you along with all the music that you've done and and everything you were also like a vital part of shows and 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 booking concerts and booking you know for years over at the paradox over in the u district i believe was where is that where you first started or were you associated with the vera or well, yeah. how did you get in, involved no uh, uh so i got involved when i moved to seattle um I got involved with the Velvet Elvis. I started okay. volunteering at the Velvet Elvis. Cool. And then they would let me do some shows there every once in a while. I'd like ask him, hey, could I do the, this show or whatever? And so we were doing, I was putting on some shows there, um, heavily involved. Then, you know, uh, the paradox is weird in the, the the whole thing. Basically, there was a teen dance ordinance in the city of Seattle through the yeah. 90s and into the early 2000s that through a lot of legislation and essentially stuff that the, the folks at Vera Project were doing, um, Shannon and Kate and um, everybody, they, they were doing uh, – they eventually got the teen dance ordinance repealed. But in the, in the interim, the Velvet Elvis existed because it was an arts theater, nonprofit arts theater. Ah. The Rock Candy, when it existed, I think Lori always had to pay a buttload of insurance yeah. that was ridiculous when she owned Rock Candy. Um you know, she didn't like. I, as far as I know, like that was never a gig that was like very lucrative for her. Mm-hmm. I think it was always passion. her passion and love of music yeah. that made her do the rock candy for sure. Mm-hmm. And then some of the other uh, ventures that she did, I think she just loves music. She, yeah. oh, well, I know she loves music. I know her, and she yeah. loves music. Yeah, and she's a great person. Very, very cunning and very, very. Got some beautiful Good dogs at, too. Yeah, she's great at doing live music. It's yep. it's a bummer sometimes that she retired, but at the same time, like I think it's good for her and her soul. Yeah. So, um, but the rock candy existed for a while, and I think it just was too complicated and too hard with the teen dance ordinance and and other things going on. And eventually, it sold, and now there's a hotel down there. But interim was Velvet Elvis. I was volunteering there. The guys that that started Mars Hill Church always talked about wanting to do like an all ages venue that was just a, a community service, basically. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the guys, uh, Leaf Moyes, his name, bought the theater in the U District wow. and decided he wanted to do that. They they hired uh, a different person who was doing more adult contemporary stuff. Sure. At the time, and it you know the problem was is they're doing adult contemporary music and there's no alcohol sales. So yeah, yeah, yeah. you have to have a really particular like sort of 
crowd that want like low ended up being like a good indie rock band to yeah. have at the paradox yeah. Yeah. and there was a lot of people over 21 that loved low when we would do those shows but because of their nature and their there, but that's different. That wasn't like hot AC stuff, right? That's no, like yeah. that's like freaking real indie rock. And yeah. so, um, I convinced them to let me do a few shows because the Velvet Elvis had closed down. There was zero venues for all ages shows in Seattle proper at the time. Mm-hmm. All we did was house shows, yeah. and then we'd go to like the Redmond Firehouse yeah. in Redmond and the Kirkland Teen Center and Bellevue. Ground Zero Ground at Zero. Bellevue. Yeah. Yes, so um, there was no all ages shows in the or city down of in Seattle. Tacoma Club Impact. Yeah, yeah, or in Tacoma at Club Impact. Yeah, so we um, fortunately those shows went very well. I think the first one was Tight Bros from way back when. Great band. Yeah, they were awesome and. Um, the Golden Ticket played, and I don't remember. I don't think it was a Blood Brothers show. I think Tight Bros were the headliner, but it might have been a Blood Brothers show. Actually, it probably was. It was probably all three of those bands. Anyways, um, it was. It went really well, yeah. and then I started doing more shows, and um, eventually I was vo- I was doing this all just because of my love of music and yeah. the scene here. And so I would be putting up flyers. Um, <laughs> back then, there 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 wasn't a platform like a Facebook or whatever. Um, So you could have your website that would advertise shows on it or whatever, but there wasn't as easily of a means to get people. I just heard about it through nwhardcore.com. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) See, so you had to be connected to something and hear about it through the internet or I was posting flyers around town of bands and I was promoting the shows, putting them on and I was in my own bands Mm -hmm. and, uh, Late, you know, I was in a relationship. I got married during that time. Like, lots going on. Eventually, I said, "Hey, if you want me to keep doing this, I'm now doing this all the time." Yep. And I worked full time too. Um, I'd go to work at like I worked at a printing press, the one up on I don't know if it's still there, but up on Capitol Hill, mm-hmm. right across from the the police station that was okay. all yep. A, yep. abandoned last year. Yep. Um, that one, uh, or a couple years ago now. That that uh. It was. It's called Richmark Label Corporation. So okay. I'd show up, and I was the guy washing the printing presses yeah. every day. When as soon as they would roll through, and all all the job was done, I'd go and I'd take the wheels off, r- wash them, like all that stuff. So I was doing that at like six a.m. You know, yep. like six to three or whatever or two, yep. and then I'd go promote shows. Then I have band practice. Yep. Then I'd go home. So um, really busy time in my life, and highly motivated. I was back then, had lots of adrenaline. (laughs) So, um, but eventually I said, you guys have to hire me. I need to uh, be doing this full time. I I just got married. I can't do this two jobs. And if you want these shows to keep happening, you need to pay me. So they did. That's awesome. And they hired me. And then I just did it for the next few years until they decided that it, you know, they were going to shut that program down and get, sell the building or do whatever they did. And they were buying that new building in Ballard and wanted to change the paradox. Sure. And here's the 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 thing is I stopped I didn't really do shows at that the venue that yeah, was at yeah, their yeah, actual the church yeah, location. Yeah. So um it was more like the venue in the U district was the paradox yep. and they had a church that met there on Sundays. Yeah. Um and it wasn't Driscoll preaching there, it was a a, a guy named Leaf Moy. Anyways, it, different time, but um what had happened was at the same time, at the end of the paradox, that teen dance ordinance got repealed and Vera mm. had started. And so Vera just basically uh, came. We even did a benefit yeah. early on at the paradox for the Vera project yeah. to raise them some money. And hopefully it helped early on. But um, 
we we were totally like stoked that they did it and it was a fight. great time yeah. to end Absolutely. it was a great time to end there was a better like newer venue mm-hmm. that that didn't have ties to a church Absolutely. and like other things like that so that was great and i'm glad that they're still going and doing Killing awesome it. and have yeah. a way better place i'm going to so many shows there this next couple That's months awesome. yeah. yeah it's great so. man Shout out to Jason Clackley, one of the guys in charge there, man. He's yeah. he's he's really killing it. So, um, man, so uh, comes down to the question, and I prepared you. You are very rich history of the Northwest music. Mm-hmm. You've grew up in this area, grew up on this area's radio. You grew up in these areas. Show favorite Northwest band or bands of all time. Of all time, it depends how far Northwest are we going. Can we go to Vancouver? Let's say Washington. Okay. Washington band. Then we got Botch. Okay. We got um Blood Brothers. Yeah. Um The Sonics. Nice. Old school. <laughs> I like it, man. Awesome. Man, uh so you're currently doing a project called Dry Bones, D R Y B N Z. Yep. Uh and uh you just put out a record. I got it in my hand. Uh What do you want to tell me about Dry Bones, man? So, Dry Bones was something that um I started with my friend Joe. Okay. Um, he's in Portland, Oregon, Joe Mendonca. Um, and he started just sending me these tracks. And I was going up to my friend Jared's house up in Muckleteo. Mm-hmm. And Jared would record me messing around and trying to figure out these uh, these tracks. Like trying to, trying to like, you know, we, we were just – there's a lot of interesting stuff that Joe had done. And I'd never worked this way before. So um, – we basically set rules for ourselves that what he'd send me, that's what I was going to do. Nice. And what I would do would be in the moment that we were doing it, and yeah. that was the thing. So very, it's very raw. It's very um, kind of by the seat of your pants. Um, I really enjoyed making it so much that, you know, when we were done and did it, eventually we pressed this record and put it out ourselves. And, that's uh, awesome. You can listen to it on streaming services, any other streaming services, but we have, instead of a full LP, we have each song as a single and a B-side yeah, on cool. there. So we're trying to mess around and do some things a little bit differently so that when people, you know, if they like it, they can buy the LP and then listen to it the way that we intended. But um, yeah, it's a, it's basically kind of a noise art rock, a uh, little goth, little industrial, little punk. Like it yeah. kind of blends all the things I love into one strange and interesting cacophony of sound. Ah, I like that. So, yeah. Let's play a song. What do you want to go into? Let's play... Jeez, how about... Oh, what's a good Dry Bones song? How about... Let's play Lair of Wild Beasts. I like it. Lair of Wild Beasts by Dry Bones. And again, Jeff Suffering's band is going to be playing... 90 pound wuss, man. Going back to the old school, dude. Going back to your teenage years. Yep. Reliving the past, but it's going to be fun. I, I think uh, Saturday, July 29th, 90 pound wuss. First show in 23 years with the Fibs, middle aged queers. They're getting ready for uh, what's the festival called? Uh, Furnace, Furnace Fest. Furnace Fest. That's in right. Birmingham, down. Alabama. Yep. So this is their kind of their warm up for that. And uh, we'll see if there's more to come. You know, you never know, right? It, it's hey, possible. 90 Pound Wuss new album, huh? We haven't, ri- we haven't written the possibilities off. We'll just okay. have to see how All it goes right. after the All festival. Right. Awesome. Dude, thank you so much for taking the time, man. Thank you, Kevin. Absolutely. I'm getting walls! Let's go! 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey. 